0: This call is being recorded. You are locked on Browns, your daily podcast covering the Cleveland Browns, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Uh, good morning, good evening, good afternoon. Um, as we're all locked in, I appreciate you all staying locked on. Um, great to be able to provide you know, a break in what's going on here with everything. As always, hope everybody is safe and healthy. Um, hope everybody's adhering to specific guidelines. Um, look, the sooner we can return to normalcy, is the sooner that everybody just kind of accepts the situation for what it is, and we just keep going on further. We're going to talk ball as we always do, um, whether it's from Real GM or running the Lions Wire, running our Cleveland Browns Wire for USA Today. Joining us here with your host Jeff Lloyd, Mr. Jeff Risden. Jeff, first things first. Obviously, you know most of the listenerships in Ohio. My, I myself, New Jersey. Uh, what's the state of affairs in Michigan, Jeff? And how are the Risdens holding up?
1: Yeah, uh, thanks for asking. Uh, yeah, we're we're doing okay. We've been under lockdown for a little over a week now. Um, they they officially like closed most things yesterday, but not a lot changed. We actually went out to Buffalo Wild Wings and picked up dinner last night. Uh, it's, other than the weather being really crappy and, and keeping us you know cooped up inside, it's been okay. You know, I, I, I talked about my, my parents live in Vermilion, Ohio, right right outside of Cleveland. Talked to my parents and my sister this this weekend, um, and they're they're coping as well. So it's, uh, it's something we all got to get through together. And uh, like you said, you know, the sooner we all get through this, the better we'll all be.
0: And let's just hope, you know, I mean, we can get back to the stupid arguments of arguing a day three draft choice as opposed to, um, but no, look, it's, you know, guys, everybody just, you got to do what you got to do to get through this. And, you know, the alternative isn't great, but pitching a moment ain't going to get you through it either. So, if you're one of those, right. get over it. Nothing we're here to, we're here to give you a little bit of levity to your day. <laughs> that's that's what I'm trying to do here, and it, it's it, you know, and it's weird because obviously without sports, which is an outlet for everybody, and it was funny with a bunch of these, you know, everything being shut down. And oh well, what's a teamed essential? Wait, liquor stores are still open. Um, yeah, uh, yeah, look, mommy's going to need a glass of wine at the end of the day, and uh, most likely dad's going to need something too here. Um, And it is essential if that's part of the day-to-day routine. I guess it is. Um, Andrew Barry promised us an aggressive front. The question I always had, Jeff, was how much was he going to be able to deliver? You know, obviously, this isn't the most sellable product to free agents. Um, I guess we can start on the offensive side of the ball. That's where, you know, the heavy damage was done and right off the bat. But, I mean, for for first-time GM, first-time head coach, I mean, you talk about being aggressive. And it was almost kind of like they were let out of the starting blocks a little early. Because, I mean, guys were done, deals were agreed to, and there, there were still teams kind of like setting up shop that Monday. Um, just an impressive run. And as far as on the offensive side of the ball, I mean, everything just fit in perfectly. They had their needs established. And, you know, it was almost kind of like during these shopping sprees, they were the first one in the store and said, All right, stock up on the paper towel, stock up on the toilet paper. And they were out the door before everybody else.
1: Yeah, and and they did it smartly too. This wasn't, you know, a case of chasing necessarily the big names. Although Conklin and Hooper are, you know, increasingly growing names. These are young guys. These are twenty-five year olds. This is not paying for a thirty-year-old. They're not paying for what Conklin did in Tennessee. They're not paying Hooper for what he did in Atlanta. They're paying them for what they will do in their athletic primes in Cleveland. And I think that's a that's a point that needs to be stressed um when you when you get a 30 year old when you get a 29 year old you're probably not getting the best um in theory the browns are going to get the best years of their careers and these are you know i have mixed feelings with conklin um i was not a big fan of his coming out of michigan state i watched him a lot there uh, uh, actually his father cursed me out on the air uh oh, that's his continuing right. grand yeah. rapids uh, because I was I was openly critical of him. I, I said I didn't think he was worth a first round pick and that he had some flaws and his dad called it to the show that I was co hosting and uh, uh let me have it a little bit. Uh since then he's he's improved. Um and, and the biggest thing that I've noticed his in his developmental arc is that his balance is so much better than it was when he was at Michigan State. He used to not stay centered um and, and stay when you're when you're trying to keep your balance as an offensive lineman. It's very important that if you're reaching with your right arm, that you don't have all your weight also out on your right leg. Uh, And he used to do that a lot. Now he's keeping some of that weight on the inside of his left foot. So when he lunges out, he's not fully committing to it, and he can recover just a little bit. And that's – it's helped him out quite a bit. Uh, He was great as a rookie, wasn't very good the next two years, but then last year he was good again. If they're getting the guy that we saw in 2019, great pick. He's he's an instant upgrade at the worst position on the team, which is right tackle. Um, as much as we want to dog left tackle and and Greg Robinson, um, Chris Hubbard was worse. <laughs> it impacted the team more. And uh, so it's a it's a very smart targeting system. You know, with Austin Hooper, it it's a guy who's played very well. He's he's quietly. And I think it, Atlanta's a bit of a quiet team because they haven't been as good as you thought they would be top five NFL tight end. You're adding him into an offense that needed a second tight end uh, with incomplete. Harris Harris gone. Thank God um, they needed an upgrade and they got it and it, it's expensive, but they had the money for it. So I, I, I love what they did on the offensive
0: side of the ball. Yeah. I mean, just the way it put it together. Well, and you got those two needs out of the way. And um, with the Conklin selection, it, it, it eased, you know, the heavy focus of the draft early. With Hooper, I mean, last year was the year if you wanted a tight end of the draft. This year, it's right. not. So you can't say, you know, what is it? Are we going to pay this guy top dollar? Or are we going to rely on something we may get big, pick maybe 74, maybe 97, maybe 115? For this offense, that was just not the way to go. You had to invest heavy in it because it is a two tight end set.
1: It is. And, you know, I know there's a lot of consternation about what's going on with Nojoku. He's got a year to prove himself, and he's got a year to, to win over Kevin Stefanski. They're, they're not going to move him this year. Um, he's playing for the future this year. If he plays well, it could be in Cleveland, and it could be a lucrative one in Cleveland. If not, he'll go somewhere else, and they'll, they'll get a comp pick for it. That's, that's where they're at with it. Uh, I wouldn't stress out too much about it because now you're not dependent on David Njoku living up to his first-round billing because they have somebody who's more accomplished than him. Who can do more things than Najoku um, in terms of blocking and, and alignment and things like that? Uh, they they sort of mitigated the need for you know a player who has been occasionally good but often disappointing and often hurt. Um, they're not dependent on him to make the offense work anymore. They have options now. That, that that's a smart way to run
0: a football team. And also puts David in a much better position where I mean he's going to be viewed as I mean depending on which running back is on the field third fourth option and it's going to get himself some favorable matchups. And regardless of anything, I mean, granted, it was an arm um, the athleticism. Obviously none of that has been dinged or hurt in any way whatsoever. So should work out really well for him. And Irv Smith, uh, Irv Smith as a rookie hit the ground, kind of running last year in the same system here. We got more coming here. Jeff Lloyd, Jeff Risden on Locked On Browns, Um on your hands, free systems and homes, folks, whether it's Alexa, ask her to play Locked On Browns. If you have Google Home, Asked to play the latest Locked On Browns news, you'll get five minute segment from me, one minute segment from me. We do those daily during the week here, just factual stuff, player information, that type of stuff. Just trying to, you know, provide you guys a little break in your day here. There's only so much CNN or any of that stuff you can watch here on this news wise, but of course, make sure you're uh, obviously tuned into uh, your local government and obviously all those reports. Make sure you're checking those out. But hands free, whether it's Alexa, Google Home, ask for and receive all the latest Locked On Browns news. Now we kick it over to the defensive side of the ball here, and this was, and, and I, I described this the other night with Jared Mueller. It was kind of like a little bit of like Oprah style. It was like, all right, you we're going to get something here. You get something. You get something. You get something. So you got something for the linebacking core. You did some work for the secondary. You did some help with uh, the defensive tackle, which Pete Smith is finally raving about because it's only been two calendar-plus years since they've done something there, Jeff. Um, but a nice way to do it here, and obviously it's not going to alter any draft plans because, I mean, almost everywhere you hit here on the defensive side of the ball, it wasn't just one guy away anyway.
1: Right, and, and most of them were on one-year contracts, too, uh, or, or manageable contracts where if it's not good after one year, they can get out of it. I'm not crazy about the talent that they signed, other than Carl Joseph, who I think is a very worthwhile gamble. Because uh, if he's healthy, he's exactly what the defense needed at the back end. They needed an enforcer, but a guy who isn't a liability in coverage, and that's that's exactly what he is. So I'm I'm I'm, I'm very excited about seeing him play. He fills a starting need that was there, so I I like that. Uh, Goodson, maybe it's because I. <laughs> When I wear my other hat as the Lions' wire, I get to watch him with Green Bay. He's not good. He's not good at all. Uh, they they signed Christian Kirksey. It's a de facto trade. They got the better end of the deal, quite honestly. Uh, Goodson is. He, you want linebackers to either be really athletic or really instinctive, and he's kind of neither. And that's uh, that's a bit of an issue. Uh, but, again, I, I don't think he's going to be a starting option. I think they they brought him in in the way that they brought in the Darius Taylor last year, a guy who's going to contribute on special teams, and he was really good on special teams when he was with the Giants. So there's that. Um, and he can play, you know, when you when you run uh, – when the other team gets into a nickel package or something like that, he can replace Taki Taki um, in the nickel package as the nickel linebacker. I do think they're going to add another linebacker or two in the draft. Willie Harvey is still around. I I still think there's a role for him in the NFL. He's got to get a little bit stronger, but but I liked what I saw from him last summer. I think that there's some there's a chance for him to emerge as well. Yeah, they're they're not done there yet, and you know that's that that, that's sort of where I'm at with him. You know, I don't hate the signing, but I'm also not considering it to be an answer, sort of how you framed it. Oh
0: no, it's it's understandable, and then obviously you know you know some. Former, you know, draft darling names, Kevin Johnson, obviously Andrew Billings. Um, and both of them, and it seems almost with even Carl Joseph here, a lot of this is, you know, part of the one year deals is due to the fact that, you know, they can't stay on the field health wise, so to speak. And it is a gamble here, but I mean at least it's bodies and you know, with only seven picks, there's only so much damage you can do here.
1: Yeah, exactly. And I'm a big I was a huge Andrew Billings fan. He was my official draft crush of that draft, believe it or not welcome uh, uh he he but the injuries have taken their toll, but having said that, if he is in your defensive line rotation with with ogajobi up front and uh whoever else might wind up filling in that role, cause i don 't think that i don 't think that that other member of that defensive tackle rotation who will play a lot is there yet i think that's that 's one of the other big draft needs, that i don't think it 's talked up enough. I like Billings. I, I think he's going to be a very solid addition, uh, and he the price was right there. Kevin Johnson. I actually wrote this this morning. I'll give you a. I'll shamelessly plug it from from Browns Wire. I watched. I was the managing editor for the Texans Wire for his last two seasons there. If that guy is the guy that shows up in Cleveland, he is not making this football team, bluntly, um, and he won't even make it through the first week of practices, bluntly, if he plays that way. He, he suffered a lot of injuries that really impacted his speed, but also his confidence in his game. This was a guy who became soft. Um, there, there's no other word for it. And it got tossed around the Houston media a lot. He was soft his last two years there. Now, the guy that we saw in Buffalo last year, he was healthy. He'd recovered. He got into a new environment that, that wasn't so negative on him. Um, didn't have Bill O'Brien yelling at him all the time and browbeating him. And he played well. He was a he was a solid contributor on defense to a playoff team. If that's the guy that the Browns are getting, they just got better than T.J. Carey at that position, and that's a position of dire need in the defense. So, I am skeptical of it because I watched every snap that he played in Houston, and other than about three games in his rookie year, and the game where he got hurt in his second year, this is a guy who's not an NFL cornerback. It didn't wasn't at all in Houston, but in Buffalo, you know. Maybe maybe he grew up enough that that he can be that guy now. We'll, we'll see it. I'm, I'm I'm going to remain skeptical on that, but I'm also going to be not going to be negative, but I'm going to be positive because I once upon a time he was a really good player at Wake Forest. Uh, the the big thing is is keeping him healthy. He is six feet tall. He is maybe 180 pounds. I know he's listed at 185. He isn't close to that. And uh, when he was in Houston, he was playing regularly in the low 170s. And if you look at him, he looks like a pencil. That's the way he's built. So there's always going to be some durability concerns there, but you know what? It, it's worth it. It's a one year,
0: make good deal. Um, make it good, please, Kevin. Uh, yeah. Somebody uh, get, get them you know, in line for the pierogies. Let's get some weight on here. It's always been a thing. And the thing with Kevin is the injuries have mounted up, you know, whether it was head and, uh, you know, I know there's some serious concussions issues and then lower body. Once you start talking about, you know, more than one, you know, extremity of your body and you have question marks, but you know, Maybe also, though, some guys maybe need the fire of it. Only being a one-year deal um, makes it, you know, a little bit more focused. And obviously, with the reps being limited last year, I think he was, like, closer to, like, 300 than he was, you know, what would be standard, you know, 600, 700 for a starting quarter. A little more productive in that. And, you know, you're going to need help back there. And, again, with only the seven picks, there's only so much you can expect from this draft class, uh, we're going to get to some listener questions here, and you guys filed a bunch in, and it's good because obviously, uh, nice. kick it out over draft wise here. <laughs> um, well, you know, I understand people are free, and it's weird because you're like, know, I normally don't do the morning recordings, and now like I'm just putting them out. Hey, when would you like to talk? I'm free, pretty much free, <laughs> whatever, guys. So you can get these recordings whenever <laughs> they seem to uh, line up here. Uh, Jeff uh, Risden joining us from Brownswire with Jeff Lloyd on Lockdown Browns. Um, Jeff wrote up Vermillion. Um, and obviously um a bunch of apparel companies uh doing Cleveland Browns work, doing Cleveland sports work. Uh my folks over at Zable Apparel, S-Z-A-B-O. Brian and his family, diehard Browns fans, uh, travel to road games. Their love and affection for this franchise run deep and it shows in their product. The product is done well. It's done with a quality. Um, it's and again, it's not this hashtag quick. It's done out of the appreciation of the players, certain games, certain moments of the city. So you're looking for Cleveland apparel, Brown's apparel. Make sure you're checking out S-Z-A-B-O, zaboapparel.com, at Zabo Apparel. On Twitter, on Instagram, you're looking for a good product. You're looking for quality Cleveland merchandise. Zabo is the place to go.
1: Please check them out. Like, like I said, they are from my hometown. Brian was, I think, two years behind me in school. I didn't know him well, but I knew him. I've been in their store in Vermilion. I don't You can't get there now, obviously. Once everything is is restored back to normal, take a day trip out to Vermilion. Check them out. They they have a really nice selection of stuff in their store, and they will be happy to like. They can customize stuff pretty quickly too, so it's it's pretty cool.
0: Check them out. Personal endorsement from me too, unpaid. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, guys, remember, I got John Vaughn's barbecue place right next door, so we can get you lunch and we can get you some clothes all taken care of, in one shot here. Um, all right, from L.A. Brodus. Um, and this actually is a good one because. It's so funny, Jeff. We talked about the wide receiver position going into the last year, and it was just like, wow. You know, and even maybe when Callaway gets back, what are they even going to do with him? Here we are a calendar year later going, well, you kind of know what you know. What Jarvis is, but he's injured. You know what Odell is. He's coming off surgery. And then the wide receiver room, Jeff. Um, obviously, it's not as big this year, the need for the position with this offensive system. But still, you'd like something uh, past just – Odell and Jarvis Landry.
1: That would be nice. Um, (laughs) So, so somebody did this the other day uh, on Twitter to me, like quick name the Vikings third receiver last year. It was like uh, Laquan Treadwell. Uh, Well, he sort of was, but their third receiver, there isn't getting more than 50 targets. And I kind of expect that to happen in Cleveland too, because of the way that the, you know, you have two very talented pass catching tight ends. Kareem hunt out of the backfield was, was, I think he was the second best receiving running back over the five, the eight games that he played. So they have a lot of options there. So I'm not. It's not a huge position. Um, I would like to see them if they're going to commit to Jarvis Landry being the the primary slot receiver. I would love to see them get the field stretcher on the outside. Could that be Damian Ratley? Yeah, it could be. We'll see. I he's shown glimpses. He's got to get stronger at the point of attack. He's got to get a little bit more nuanced with his route running. But he's he's an option. This is a, I want to see them bring in a day three guy who can fly. Um, And I don't know who that guy is yet. Uh, I'm I'm not that deep into the draft studies. uh, Running two team websites (laughs) has cut back on my draft ability. Uh, I'm not into the deep part of the draft yet, unfortunately. But somebody who can run, um, you know, basically a more modern version of um, Ratley. LA was, in theory, um, without all the off-field baggage you know, that there is a role for that on this team. I don't think it's a meaty role, but it is a needed role. So yeah, that, that, that's something to look at.
0: Uh, and it's, you know, it's weird. And it, the thing is, is it can be satisfied. It can probably even be satisfied with maybe even possibly an undrafted free agent. Um, And we'll just go with this one here, Jeff, this is like, I mean, we've talked about great classes at the position, you know, whether it was 14 and some other ones, but I mean, you talk about like the depth of it and, You know, obviously, this is probably part of the reason why college football games run 40, I mean, four hours long on Saturdays is because they're just straight up track meets because there's so many damn freaking athletes on the field. But this wide receiver class, I mean, you get to like even the guys in the 20s and you're like, oh, yeah, I mean, you're talking about, you know, probably 70 reception, 900 plus yards, eight touchdown guy, one, you know, somewhere down the line. It's just a ridiculous group.
1: It is. And now if you're looking to address it more prominently, if you're one of the people that's a little bit nervous that Odell could be gone after this year, um, by the way, just to quickly address it, I don't think Odell's going anywhere in 2020 at all. I I think that's, that's a lot of, you know, people like to talk about star players. They've heard of Odell Beckham. Um, They know that he gets clicks. That's it. Uh, But if you're looking more long-term, a guy like Denzel Milms would be really nice. Uh, because I think he would play very well with what, in complement with what Jarvis Landry does. Uh, I think he would fit the role that Stefanski would like as the big outside receiver. And he has some speed, too. He'd be a lot of fun with that second-round pick.
0: Look at Jeff Risden throwing a Baylor-wide receiver on, on a Browns podcast. And here come the hate mentions. Quickly, I'm sure, they're going to come. <laughs> uh, next from NJ, oof, if I butcher the last name, I apologize, Kajua. Linebacker's still very thin. Jeff, this class, obviously, it seems like everybody wants to talk about, and it's, look, it's Isaiah Timmons, tier one. Tier two, people yeah. want to put in Patrick Queen, Kenneth Murray. And then it's kind of almost everybody after, maybe headed line by a guy like Jordan Brooks, but the next time Jordan Brooks confronts or even has to face a block, maybe be the first time. But they tested well as far as athletes. So those day three guys there. And to this point, it doesn't look like, the way they are going to build roster, build a roster, it's going to be a focal point of having, you know, I don't want to say if somebody turned out to be a star linebacker, that's fine. But it certainly doesn't look like it's something they're going to address necessarily extremely, extremely early.
1: No, I don't, I don't see that happening. Um, because one of the things that's going to happen, look at, look at the teams that they play a lot, other than Baltimore, most teams run three wide receivers at their base offense, or they have a, an athletic flex tight end who will require somebody to cover that. You're going to have two tight two line I'm sorry two linebackers on the field more than you're going to have three. I think it's going to change some with the new defense. Uh, last year it was I think it was 11 percent of snaps where they had three on the field, and for they went they went three weeks where they played exactly three linebackers once. Um, it's going to be different. Steve Wilkes is gone, thankfully, and, and that, that's gone. But, but the, just matching up with opposing offenses requires that you're going to be in nickel a lot. Mac Wilson will be one of those guys. Uh, we're going to hope for growth. I, I like Taki Taki as, as your base starting linebacker there. I think he can do some things. But that, that Showbert role, uh, I don't think Mac Wilson is good enough to play that role yet. I don't think Taki Taki is close to that yet. If they can find that guy in the draft – maybe uh, i'll give you a guy i like zach bond from from wisconsin a lot if you're looking for a guy to replace joe chobert why not get the guy who replaced him down the line at wisconsin <laughs> and, and can could do a lot of the same things he's going to transition to being an off ball linebacker after being a, a rush linebacker in college he's very athletic he has some size limitations but boy he's every time i've watched wisconsin he's looked really good he stood out he was great in mobile at the senior bowl they had some coverage drills. He looked like a guy who can, can really do some things there. So if you want to address it prominently, Zach Bond at, at 41 would be the way that I would go.
0: Yeah, it was interesting, obviously, because for Bond, a lot of it was, you know, is he going to be that edge? And, you know, these Wisconsin, you know, the players come out in certain, you know, cookie cutters and he, Watt and Schubert kind the, you're of You're either the getting
1: same... a Joe Schubert guy or you're getting a T.J. Watt guy. Those are the guys yeah, exactly. That are for him. Is he He's staying there or is he dropping like back? more like than he is Watt.
0: <laughs> yep, no, no That. No, no doubt about it. But I mean the tape, the production, absolutely really good stuff. Um at twenty-seven scuba Steve. Um all right, Joe. Uh Jeff, you're always good for these. Um, you know, you've had your guys over the years, whether it was a Judon, um, day three target, uh day three diamond in the rough for Mr. Jeff Risden.
1: Ooh, there there's some good ones. Judon was a good one too. Um Yes, I, 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 I feel spoiled that because I was ten minutes from Grand Valley State, so I saw him. i then ordered order him out, so I knew it. Um, there's so one of the guys that I had penciled in for this role for Cleveland specifically was Joseph Degar, the the H back tight end from Cincinnati. But now that they've they've got um, uh, what's his name Janovich, uh, they don't need that role anymore. So so he was one that I was like, oh yeah, I was I was convinced he was going to be the sixth round pick, but now now that's out the window. Uh, some of the guys that I like deep. Oh boy. Um, again, I'm behind on the draft coverage from where I normally am. So I haven't seen as many guys. Uh, I'll give you a guy. Nick Harris of Washington is a guy that I like a lot. Um, he's an offensive lineman. Uh, there are, uh, if you want a deep sleep, I'll give you Javon Hagan from my alma mater, Ohio university. I don't think he's going to get drafted. The guy that I saw as a freshman all American uh, on the all freshman team, uh, is the guy who can play in the NFL. Unfortunately, he sort of plateaued and never really progressed from that. Uh, if there's any upside left in him, I would love to see it happen in Cleveland. Uh, there's uh, there, there there's a few guys. One of the things that I, I look at when I when I look for those guys is is at the Shrine Game and this year's Shrine well Shrine Bowl now. Was really poor. Uh, it, it was probably the worst collection overall of talent that they've had in a while, which leads me to believe that this draft is very top-heavy. Like once you're getting down into day day three you know, fifth, sixth, seventh rounds, you better look for a guy who does one thing that you need. And I think that's where you should focus. If if you can, you find a quarterback who can run with speed receivers. You might not be able to cover them all that well, but can you at least run with them. Do you have a safety who can contribute on special teams and be a special teams ace? Maybe somebody to take over Tavier Thomas's role um, on, on the Browns. That, that, that's where you're looking at. Can I find a, a 240-pound running back who can steamroll people? Darrington Evans is a guy that I really like uh, from Appalachian State. Uh, I actually like him more for, for the other team that like I cover the Lions. Uh, he's a top five running back for me. He's not going to be one of the first five running backs taken, but there's a guy – if you're looking for a guy that I really like, that's going to be a day three guy, Darrington Evans is probably, probably the best answer.
0: Yeah. And, uh, you know, he was another one and, you know, obviously, you know, Daniel Jeremiah with the inside scoop there with the absolute Eps- date alum, but, uh, you know, was able to throw it out there. And obviously, you know, he went into combine and not one of the bigger names, but certainly tested like one of the bigger names, uh, Jay Flint. Yeah, one one, one I, got, yeah. I got, I got, I'll bring one more up because we we're just talking about linebackers. Uh, and, and that's,
1: that, that's Bernard from Utah, a guy that I like quite a bit. Um, I, I've watched a lot of the Utah
0: tape. There's a guy; he's a day three guy. I think he'd be a nice fit in Cleveland too. Yep, in uh, Utah uh, again. You know, Utah just year out just seem to be putting uh, you know crops and crops of guys from Jay Flint. Five, well, very, two, one, very well coached team. They come into the and NFL and they you, know how to play. Yep, uh, you know exactly. And you, usually they're finished products. You know what you're getting as far as you know your point of you know do I know what this guy can do? Those guys apply. Um, Jay Flint, 521-466. The Trent Williams talk, is this just local media still trying to sell stories because it's even more difficult now without much real info?
1: (laughs) So I think some of that is coming back because Washington made two separate trades yesterday, uh, and it shows that they are open for business. And the trades that they made were very interesting value trades. They traded a fifth-round pick for a backup quarterback that they hope never played. It's a very interesting move. Uh, (laughs) Kyle Allen, um, if you watched Kyle Allen play against Atlanta last year, you'll wonder why in the world anybody would ever even sign him off the the scrap heap. Um, He was better than that, obviously, at other times. But they just gave up a fifth-round pick to replace Case Keenum, who's now in Cleveland. Um, That's a very interesting move. But then they traded Quentin Dunbar, a a defensive back who doesn't fit what they want to do, and they got got the fifth-round pick back. Uh, So it shows that Ron Rivera and and Washington are interested in doing some business. Um, Does that mean Trent Williams? He's certainly the most, the the asset that would bring them back the most in return uh, aside from the number two overall pick. They, they will be a market for him. Uh, I don't think because of where the Browns are picking at number 10 and because of how good the the draft class is of offensive tackle, I don't think that there's a need to trade for him, but again, you're looking at the guy, he's a really, really good player. He is going to be better in 2020 than any player they take at 10. Will that be the case in that's 2021, fair. 2022? Probably not. So I think that that's, that's where Andrew Barry has to weigh that. I don't think it's a media fabrication. I do think that there is some legit study going on for can Can we get Trent Williams? What does he value now, and what does he value down the road versus what we can get with, you know, the ten pick? You know, a guy like, like Jedrick Wills or Tristan Wirfs, who is my, still atop my wish list, or Andrew Thomas. Uh, that, that's that's the that's the equation that they're doing, and I I don't think that it's out of the question. I think that if the price is right, it they would make the trade, and I think it would be a good trade if it's if it's a fifth round pick. Let's say um, I just watched Darius Slay go for a a third round and a fifth round pick to Philadelphia if it's a third round pick and a fifth round pick for Trent Williams and I'm Andrew Barry, I probably make that deal. Um, I'm not giving him more money. I'm letting it play out in a year, but if th- there's a, you're weighing the opportunity cost right now, is this Browns team a playoff team? If they get Trent Williams in 2020, Yeah, I, I think they are. I thought they were a playoff team last year too, though. So you know, that's, yeah, so I, I don't, I, I don't think it's fabrication. I don't think that it's going to happen, but it's certainly, it's certainly something that has to be discussed and needs to be discussed within the walls of Berea or wherever the heck they're quarantined at.
0: Yeah, for me, I think it was, it was maybe more of a possibility before the Conklin move. Um, maybe now it's just that you know things just set up for you and you know i if there's four tackles gone at 10 and this will actually lead to this next question um it's that's where it's a great class and there is the possibility so this question here um from joe arnett um you got to play the theory of a trade down possibility um so if there was the shift down from 10 say it was 5 8 what are names you're starting to book there because if you can't get Worse. You can't get wills. Yeah, Thomas fits necessarily, but their latter part of that first round range, there's probably guys with a better athletic profile who would maybe in the Browns brass eyes feel fit this offense better.